Content warnings for this epilogue include food and drink, death of loved ones, grief, complex and complicated relationships, romance, and references to sexual entanglements. Epilogues Part 5 Oka Hien The year is 407 AT, Swan 19, one month after the stars came back. The slumbering palace is in ruin. Large chunks of rubble pockmark the formerly manicured grounds. Bridges are collapsed into streams. Pagodas are missing their roofs. A thick, bone-white dust still covers everything. This crown jewel of Dokao is cracked down the middle, split open by the second stranger war, her vulnerable and beautiful heart ruptured open for everyone to see. Past an uprooted hawthorn tree, past a temple to Mengshen Judi that's still missing its southern wall, past a garden that's been burned to the ground, we find you, Oka. You are sitting in a wooden chair at a wooden table in the middle of the Hien family courtyard. There is no roof over your head, no walls around you to provide privacy, not even a paper curtain has been erected for shelter. Instead, you're sitting outdoors in your childhood courtyard, surrounded by rubble, detritus, broken slabs of rock, splintered wood, overturned earth, and you are eating dinner. A delicious shank and radish soup paired with freshly steamed white rice, sesame oil glazed vegetables, and big bowls of tofu, jellied eggs, meats, and fruits. And sitting around this decadent table next to you is your family, your mother, Arden Hien, using her chopsticks to pile chunks and chunks of tender meat into your bowl, Oka. Your sisters, Sambaya, Liangya, and Toya. Yaya is currently hungrily scarfing down all the meat and tofu and protein she can get her hands on. Liangya is eating very delicately and pretending not to read a book that she has secretly perched on her knees underneath the kitchen table. And Toya is scolding Yaya for chewing like a wolf and swallowing like a tiger. Also at the table is the Emperor of Chu Long, Lord of 10,000 years and your mother-father, Xiong Zhen. Xiong Zhen is leaning to one side and whispering in Arden's ear. She's saying something that you don't hear, but it does make your mother laugh. A real laugh. One that crinkles the corners of her eyes and deepens the wrinkles that are beginning to form on her face. And of course, finally, in a seat very close to yours, in fact right next to you, is Shepard. Shepard is making low and casual conversation with Liangya about the book that she's definitely not reading right now under the table, and Liangya is responding very eagerly, very enthusiastically to Shepard, her thick glasses fogging up at the prospect of finally having an intellectual equal with which to debate. And as we hold on your face in the midst of this post-apocalyptic, rubble-surrounded dinner, what do we see? 
we see a happier Oka, I think. It's easy to tell the way that their eyes, mismatched as they are, are wide with joy, I think. Wide with ease. Something they haven't felt in a long, long time. Like, this is a dream come true, literally. Not a nightmare, but a dream come true. And they are leaned over the table, kind of with one knee, like, pressed against the edge of the table as they take their bowl from their mother piled high with meat they smile sigh at a little a little bit wistfully before they use their chopsticks to put it slyly into shepherd's bowl and then they like turn to one side and grab a nice big egg out of sambaya's bowl and go older siblings get first pickings uh and shove it in their mouth before she can say anything contrary and this like warm smile kind of breaks across their face as the egg like runs down their chin a little bit and they like turn and wipe it off as it follows the scars down their chin out of their mouth. Yeah, I really like that. Uh, as this egg sort of like dribbles down your chin a little bit, Shepard, without even turning around from their conversation with Liangya, picks up a napkin and just daubs at your chin. Like they're not even looking at you, but they perfectly wipe the egg off. Oka doesn't flinch at all. They know it's coming, actually. They let it happen. <laughs> I love that, yeah. Uh, and I think there's a moment where you see across the table your mother-father whisper something else to your mom, and Arden's eyes go slightly wide, and they, they look back at you, and they say across the table to you, Oga, I am so sorry about the meat. I... I forgot. It's okay. More for Shepard. They haven't been able to taste your cooking yet, and I want them to get the full experience, including the 8,000 piles of meat. Well then, Shepard, here you go. Eat up, eat up, eat up. You're a guest here. Oh, uh, Arden, no, I couldn't possibly... Well, if you insist. And Shepard happily, like, spoons the meat into their mouth, right, uh, from the bowl that Arden's piling on. And your mother-father, I think, um, during this brief intercession, makes direct eye contact with you across the table, right, their own mismatched eyes locking onto yours. There's, like, a proud, like, slow nod from them. And we see they're wearing their casual crown. Uh, it's not, like, the huge ceremonial, like, decorative one, but, like, the casual one. You know, it's just worth 100,000 pieces of gold instead of a million pieces, right? Uh, <laughs> and, like, the jewels on the crown sort of, like, tinkle a little bit as they, like, lower their chin and then raise it at you. And as we pan back to you, we see that you don't, you don't have your crown, of course, because a certain precept took it from you. Fate can take whatever she wants from me, except my life, except my love, except my family. Oka has what matters. Hmm. I think on that, we kind of pan around the dinner table as time passes. We see in the background rubble being removed, trees being replanted into the earth, walls being erected, even the very fabric of magic itself being restitched into the weave. And we also see loved ones coming and going, coming and going from this dinner table in the Hien family courtyard square. We see Kane taking shots of Baidu with mercy 
who leans in to kiss Sitlali, who hugs Jaron, who whispers in Gentle's ear, who compliments Halo on her wedding garb, who talks business with Sava Dao, the Prince of Knives, who is comparing weapons furiously with Wang Boatian, who stares up in awe at Abiku Ishtar, who pats Costas on the head, who gives his last dumpling begrudgingly over to Vasca, who asks Mama Fish about her secret fish stick recipe, who admonishes Ibia with a big fin for putting her feet up on the table, who squeezes Rev's considerable bicep, who puts her arm around Vasanti, who leans her head in the crook of Lotus's shoulder, who gives Mo Jingtian a backhanded compliment about being reinvited into the kingdom, who shoots a glance at the person dating their half-sibling, Shepard, who is always there beside you, Oka. And through these changing constellations of tables, these shifting faces of loved ones, the passage of time around this dinner table, Shepard is always there. The days turn into weeks, turn into months, turn into years. You witness the rebirth of the singing oceans. You watch as the mountains themselves are built up again from scratch with nothing but magic and hope. Your siblings grow older. Yahya goes off to her first powerlifting meet. Liangya attains her physician's license. Toya is crowned Empress of Tulong with Sava Dao as her first spouse. You, too, grow older, and we fade in now on Shepherd's homestead. Years have passed. The air tightens with magic, and then springing out of the weave are you and Shepherd, entangled in each other's arms, laughing and stumbling together from one of these many dinners at the Hien family courtyard. Oka, tell me, what are you giggling to Shepard as you fumble your way over to the front porch? No, seriously, I swear, a desert mouse ate 14 full days of rations. I know it. It was one single mouse. There's no way that anyone had gotten into my pouch, and it was there the whole time, and it stayed there until it died. I swear. <laughs> I swear to you. That's what happened. <laughs> Oka, Oka, you know that's not physically possible. Right? I don't a care whole what's day physically. of rations? Every day for for 14 days? Okay, that's not... That's impossible. <laughs> and don't tell me what is or isn't possible when you are standing in front of me. And when I have a <laughs> god jackrabbiting around my soul, forgive the pun. <laughs> are you comparing me to a plump little desert mouse in your knapsack? <laughs> I think you're about as cute as a mouse. <laughs> Why, thank you. I think you're as handsome as a tomcat. A tomcat? Well, careful. Don't let cat they them hear you or they'll get upset. That's true. They'll get jealous. And you know what happens when they get jealous. Ah, Biscuits yes. All for days. upholstery. And I think that's when you and Shepard both simultaneously notice a strange quiet coming from the chicken coop by the front porch. And I think your gut realizes what's happened before your mind can kind of catch up. You just instinctively know. Temperance, the chicken, is missing. 
Again. Again. Ah, I was so sure we reinforced the gate. There are eight locks on it. I... (laughs) Maybe we should have tried eight chains for fate. Oka says kind of derisively. (laughs) Yeah, Shepard lets out a little chuckle at that, but then goes, oh... Well, let's not invite her over by calling her name too much. Oga grouses and just kind of goes over toward the chicken coop. I swear, I put blood wards down. She hasn't even triggered any of them. How does she do that? There's literally not another creature I know that can bypass my blood wards. I don't understand. I, I have a working theory about temperance, specifically... I don't know. It's it's probably nothing. Share with me your heartless heart, my love. <sighs> something, something, entropic magic. Something, something, blended in with her heart and soul. Something, something, something. You think she's an entropic beast? N- no. 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 Maybe. I mean, the only thing that can bypass your blood wards are... Me. Okay, you make a compelling point, but I've never- I mean, she's a chicken. Well, she's the chicken I've had for the longest. She was my first. She was Dr. Luso's first, certainly. Maybe prolonged contact with me has imbued within her some capacity for void magic? Am I gonna get that? If I kiss you enough, do I get cool powers? (laughs) Well, we certainly have been testing that hypothesis for a while now, haven't we? Mm, I can still go invisible, but no cool shadow powers yet. Maybe I should take up some classes at Jaron's school. (laughs) Maybe. Or maybe you can pick up a mentor in the form of Temperance, whom we still do have to track down. Of course. Shall we take Sitaro? Do you want to go on foot? Let's go on foot. Just you and me. Okay. And Oka slips their hand into Shepard's and starts tracking down Temperance. I think we cut now to you and Shepard following the tracks, as usual, to the edge of the Euclid chasm. She seems to love the chasm for some reason. Uh, And there's like a cut as we see your wings splayed now, as you like flap down into the depths of the chasm and Shepard beside you levitating themselves down as well, uh, their entire body silhouetted by their famous cerulean magic. And as the two of you descend through the chasm, down, down, down into this darkness, we see that the walls of the Euclid are now overflowing with plant life. Colorful flowers of all shapes and sizes bloom on chasm crevices, magnolias, tree branches even sticking out, big fat petals of succulents. Vines creep from cracks in the dirt all around you, and even the sound of skittering echoes throughout this vast canyon as brand new animals and monsters have made their dens in the now safe nooks and crannies and tunnels and dungeons of this deep wound in the soul of Endake. 
the two of you even make your way past the entrance to the Hoofbright clan, which is easily recognizable from the sign out front that says, No Okas Allowed, uh, which... <laughs> <laughs> Which these days, these days is more of a running joke than an actual rule. And it has your face painted on it, like a, a, an angry looking drow with like a big red X across it. <laughs> they never forget. <laughs> they never forget. Uh, and down, down, down the two of you go until eventually you open a familiar wooden door into Tungal. This devoured sister world of Andake is as desiccated and gray as the two of you half remember. Tungal is a vast, empty expanse of parched, dry grass and blank spaces where mountains and rivers and people used to be. And as the two of you, I think, continue to look for temperance here, Oka, why don't you tell me, how are you attempting to track down this chicken? <laughs> I think it's just instinct at this point. Like, really, you can't look around this place without seeing the only other thing that exists within it. So even if it's a tiny little pinprick of a chicken on the horizon or the seat of annihilation, it's easy to see here in a way that is both unnerving and easeful, I suppose. And mm. there is something about Oka that shifts when they enter this space the memory of a memory of fear the memory of a memory of the smell of long dead gods that suffuses their soul suffuses their body that makes them real for a moment but exhale into it and i think as they're walking hand in hand oka takes out and lights one of their hand rolled cigarettes to help them calm down to keep them grounded even after all this time yeah, and I think Shepard squeezes your hands with their own tattooed fingers. And like a feeling of calm, I think maybe comes from that point of contact as you also sense just from Shepard's vibe and also from like the micro expressions flitting across their face like shadows passing over the surface of a half forgotten moon that Shepard's also wrestling with similar emotions. Not a fear of this place and the vastness of death and annihilation, but... A little guilt, a little shame, a little anxiety about the ghost of who they used to be. And sure enough, just like the seed of annihilation, like what feels like a million years ago, just like the only speck of something in this vast expanse of nothing, the two of you see Temperance basically as soon as you walk in. She is a pearl-sized speck on the horizon, and she appears to be like sitting down, almost like roosting on the ground and she kind of perks up when the two of you enter through the door uh and looks in your direction but doesn't move oka shakes their head a little bit and sighs she really is gonna make us walk all the way over to her isn't she <sighs> yes yes she is you know i could just teleport us over there but there's something sacred about taking the walk don't you think i couldn't agree more <laughs> and as they go Oka squeezes Shepard's hand as well, feeling that point of connection for both of them. And eventually, because, you know, the way walking works in this place is always kind of odd, Oka looks over at Shepard and goes, This was a hard day, wasn't it? 
One of the hardest, I think. Yeah. It was one of the hardest. I was so... full of... well, nothing. And grief, and rage, and shame. But most of all, I was full of loneliness and despair. I'm scared of looking at this place for too long. It reminds me of everything I... everything I've taken. Shepard. Maybe it's... Maybe it's good that we're here. What do you mean? I mean, every minute that we spend here is like... a new memory. Layering itself over the others. This has been a much better day. And we are very different than we were the last time we were here, and... Those memories get a little bit softer. Their teeth a little less sharp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can feel the edges of my sorrow... dulling. Just a little. It's still there. <laughs> the sadness is still there, don't get me wrong. The regret, the rage, all of it, but... It doesn't feel like it's going to swallow me whole anymore. It feels like... A memory. A lesson. A step on the road of the journey. Yeah. I don't ever think it'll really go away, but... And Oka looks up at the half-shadow of what used to be a moon. There is something beautiful about it. About you. There always has been. It takes time to be able to see it. Even the hard and scary parts. Even the hardest days. <laughs> Maybe I'm just an optimist, though. <laughs> Oka the optimist. <laughs> Don't let anyone hear you say that. They will never, ever believe you. Cynical Shuhai and Oka the Optimist. <laughs> Please. You are my hope, Oka. I wouldn't have come back here with anyone but you. Me neither. And for anything but to rescue Temperance, of course. <laughs> of course. Temperance! Hey! Time to go home, little lady. At this point, you and Shepard have reached Temperance. You're like within, you could just like bend down and pick her up if you wanted to. Uh, and she ruffles her feathers at you and lets out a kind of disgruntled. Don't talk back to Temperance, please. Are you roosty? What are you sitting on? And Oka she bends down and picks her up. Yeah, she is sitting like a roosting hen, right? Like she's like very territorial, like very almost kind of aggressive as you lean down and pick her up. She lets out a few more gluck, 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 gluck. But you're you easily overpower her. Uh, and you lift up this chicken, and she was roosting on something. She was sitting on something. A flower. That's right. 
Growing up out of the desiccated grass, up through a sliver of a crack in this bleached and parched earth, is a flower. It's a very little tiny bud of a flower. Its petals have barely bloomed, but it's there. A spot of color against this never-ending pale and gray. And Oko, why don't you tell me what color are its petals? Blue? Like Oblivion? Like Dr. Elusa? Like her magic? The petals of the first flower in the ghost of Tongal are a beautiful cerulean blue, the same as their magic. Uh, oh! 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 My! Did you do that? No. I think. Not consciously. No. Anoka crouches down, kind of hovers over it, like a massive titan over top this tiny little flower. We look up at Shepard again. It's beautiful. It's... It's... Impossible. It's you. Me? Yeah. It's you. And Oblivion also like bends over next to you, and like the two of you are like these huge titans looming over this like tiny little flower sprouting out of the ground. They like blink at it once, blink, blink, blink at it twice, blink, blink. Yeah, and their face like softens with such care for this one tiny little flower in this wasteland. It is me, isn't it? Yeah. A new memory. I mean, I always did kind of wonder, Anoka sits back on their heels a little bit and looks out across the desiccated landscape. You left grass. I don't even know if you meant to, but they look down at their feet. It's dead, but... Everyone knows that graveyards have the most beautiful flowers. <laughs> I never thought it possible. Just like how I never thought it possible a tiny little desert mouse could eat 14 days of rations all by itself. But you're right, Oka. <laughs> Life, living, being, it defies possibility. It just is. Creation blooms in the husks of devoured realms. From death, from the ghosts of what used to be, new life grows. I've never thought of myself as capable of doing anything like this. That's why we rewrote reality for you, my love. Oh. As you are. You're capable of anything. Anything you want to be. Anoka moves a little bit of hair from his bangs. 
Oh, I... <laughs> I suppose I knew that intellectually, but I, it just never... It never really... It didn't click. Until now. Do you think... Other worlds... All of the others that... Well... That you've told me about? Ah. Yes. The planes I've annihilated. You think they might have blue flowers blooming within their ghosts, too? Maybe. I suppose we'll never know if we don't check. If we don't make new memories. A look of understanding washes over Shepard's face as the two of you are crouched over this flower with Temperance the chicken swaddled in your arms, Oka, and they lock eyes directly on your face. <sighs> You've always been a little restless after the war, haven't you, Oka? <laughs> you see right through me. I don't see through you, Oka. I see within you. I always have. Despite themselves, Oka flushes a little bit at that. They look down at the flower again, trying to find the words. Always so hard for them to find the words. They look back up at Shepard's face. I've just changed so much. Everything, everything that I thought that I wanted, I, I suppose it's hard. Emperor always suited Toya much more than it suited me. It was a dream I had for a long time, but a dream of somebody who died a long time ago. And I needed to let that rest. I'm happier to find my own path now. I just don't know if I've ever known what it is. Not quite yet. <laughs> you remind me of me. And don't I remind you of you? And doesn't this conversation remind you of a conversation the night before we said goodbye to a dear old friend? It does. <laughs> we can figure out who both of us want to be together. You are the paragon of time and change, change and time and, and nature. And Shepard gestures down at the flower. It's tell that to temperance. She always pecks my feet. And she is actively pecking your feet right now. Like, throughout this entire conversation, I need to make it clear she's been pecking your feet. Uh, but you, both of you have just been ignoring her. <laughs> what better person to embark on a brand new adventure across the cosmos with? And at that, Shepard reaches out their hands for yours again. Then with you. Oka doesn't hesitate to take their hands. And their face goes a little wide. Uh, you'd take me? Always. I already have. I will. I never have. And I shall. In every iteration, every reality, always. I think I could buy us a little time. So we're not gone for too long. <laughs> Mother will be very, very disappointed if we miss any dinners and... Well, Kane's been wanting a wedding sooner rather than later, so 
Well, of course, and it must be magnificent and splendid and decadent for Cain. I know. I think perhaps a wedding present from another realm would suit them. <laughs> oh, I have the perfect plane in mind for that. <laughs> Are we getting a little ahead of ourselves? Oh, perhaps, yes. I'm sorry, I got a little excited. No, it's... Me too. I, I just... It feels right. It feels right. Shepard squeezes your hands a little tighter in their own. Okahyun, will you come with me to the places I've been before? To Shepard in change, nature, a new time, a new bloom. Oka just leans forward and presses a kiss to Shepard's lips. And they pull back. Is that enough of an answer? Or should I? And they lean in and kiss her again. Pull back. <laughs> is that enough? Or perhaps just one more for good measure so you know mm. what my answer is. <laughs> uh, the two of you kiss again. And then Shepard lowers their hands from yours, uh, places one against the small of your back, and pulls you in now. They, like, pull you in and kiss for a fourth time. Is that enough for you? No. <laughs> I don't think there will ever be enough for me. But I suppose we have all the time in the world. <laughs> that we do. And Shepard's eyes fix on you for what feels like forever and also no time at all. And as they do, they say to you, intimately, whispering their mouth against yours in a voice meant only for you. And the void speaks to you, Oka, and she says, You once told me that the love of a god is a blessing. It's a scar. It's all of you, and you offered all of it to me, willingly, as my loyal broken devotee. So now, Oka, as we embark on this new adventure together, I give you everything of nothing. I give you the darkness behind the stars, the shadow of a forgotten moon, and one day, when you are ready, and I am ready, I will give you my final gift. The death of death. I will hold you in my arms one last time, and you will hold me in yours. And together, we will return to the void. I can't wait to see you. I love you. I love you too, Okahyun. Okay,